Blog Talk Radio. Spirituality Today with Jamie Sanders and Denise Jurgen here on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Inspiration, empowerment, and discussion to help you in living an abundant spiritual life. Now here's your host, Jamie Sanders, along with Denise Jurgen. You are tuned in to another live broadcast of Spirituality Today with Jamie Sanders and Denise Jurgen, coming to you from Pensacola, Nashville, and we do believe that Coach Carla is back in Kansas City, and she will be joining us shortly. On today's program, Denise and I will be talking about that age-old spiritual concept of actually being kind. Like many of you, we have encountered spiritual individuals who weren't always nice in their interactions with others. And this has caused some of us to either quickly judge them or to study them in hopes of catching ourselves when we are not being at our highest and best. Either way, it is always about who we are and how we choose to show up in life. I believe it will be quite an interesting topic of conversation, so we encourage you to either post your questions, comments, or observations on our Facebook page throughout the program, and we'll be checking that regularly. We do want to remind you that if you are going to call into the show to simply listen, please block your phone number so we don't stop to answer your call and not have you respond. You can listen online to the show either live or you can go back later and listen to the archive shows at blogtalkradio.com slash one word Jamie Sanders. So, Denise, good to connect with you again, knowing you're well and happy and that life is good at Unity of Music City. What's been going on in your world? Well, I was sharing with you before we went live on the radio that, you know, one of the things when I think about being kind and being kind to myself and being happy, which Coach Carla is going to help us with in a few minutes, is my partner Judy and I are getting ready to build a cabin on the Tennessee River. And one of the things I know for myself is I can be kinder in the world and I can be happier when I have a place to reconnect to me and to go into the stillness for a while. And, you know, I have no idea what Coach Carla is going to tell us, but I have a feeling she might have something to say about unplugging from the world sometimes is one of the ways to get back to your own happiness because it seems like in our world today some of us have in the ministry world have 
tried to tolerate uh, a joyless kind of a state or an unkind kind of a state and tried to maneuver through that. And, you know, I don't like to affirm the negative, but right now sometimes what I see out in the world if I look at the news is a lot of unkindness and unhappiness. And I'm like, whoo, look at that. So... Isn't that an exciting way to start? (laughs) Well, you you make a good point because, truthfully, when we're watching the news, like you're saying, one of the things we see as uh, spiritual leaders, as ministers, is that a lot of times our people bring it into the building on Sunday morning. They're mad at the world, and they forget to leave that vibration and energy outside the facility. And so they come in with their complaints and their upsets, which, which, you know, most people don't get it if they've not done the job. But it's a real challenge, which, I'm, you know, Carla can relate to this, too, as being a minister. But when someone comes in and brings a negative vibe, it can be quite the challenge to get up and give hope and inspiration. So what we want to remember is, what am I bringing? I always say, what am I bringing to the table of life? If you know you're having a rough day, if you know you're upset about something, be so mindful to say to the people or the person you're interacting with, you'll have to forgive me. I'm really having a, a moment, and it's not about you. You know, but we, sometimes we don't think about that, and we just leave this bad taste in people's mouths because what does the Course in Miracles say? I'm never upset for the reason I think. <laughs> for the so, reason I think. Which <clears throat> goes right along with the whole thing about being happy, which truthfully, I, which is what I really want to, you know, hear what – Carla has to say about the idea, I often wonder, do we even really know what would begin to make us happy? So let's move forward and bring Coach Carla on. Coach Carla McClellan is with us live from Kansas City, Missouri. So welcome back to the show, Coach Carla. I'm just delighted to be with you two again. I've missed our times together. So I'm I'm grateful to be here, and uh, I just came back from sunny Florida where I had probably one of the best vacations I've had in a long time because, as Denise said, I am plugged. I mean, I really let things um, go. I thought, um, no, you know, I'm not going to be available to everything, which, you know, I'm so nosy. I want to be in everything, and I want to do a lot of things. <laughs> but, you know, sitting in a pool was just delightful you know being on a pontoon boat i if i'm on the water i'm in my happy spot i really really love the water so i was recently asked um you know once a month i'm on a local tv show as their life coach and and the topic they gave me was is there a formula for happiness and i thought what an interesting idea a formula for happiness and and um, one that would guarantee you happiness. And I thought, this is just right up our Unity Principles alley, right? Most definitely. So um, the most important question we can ask ourselves first thing in the morning is, do I want to be happy? Do I want to be happy? Yes or no? That's the answer. Yes or no? Don't give me the story. Don't give yourself the story. Yes or no? Do you want to be happy? All right. So how would you answer that, Jamie? 
most days I say right away, yes, I want to be happy. I, I do. And um, I don't even know, this again is coming up for me listening to what you're saying, do we know how to be honest? I mean, you, the average person would probably immediately respond. Denise, see if you agree with this. You want to be happy? Of course I want to be happy. You know, but you don't know what I'm dealing with. And so there we go. We sabotage it immediately. Like Carl immediately. was saying, we get right back in the story. Because we are story makers. That's what our brain do. That's how it entertains itself. And do you notice it talks both sides of the story? <laughs> you know, for, yes, I want to be happy, but, or no, I don't want to be happy. Right now I'm not happy. The mm-hmm. stories are continuous. So all of us are here on life not to be miserable, right? Um, so right. Most definitely, so, yes. Happiness is really a choice that we make. Mm-hmm. It It is a choice that is made um, consciously, mindfully, just like being kind. You know, we don't always feel like being kind, you know. <laughs> right. We, yes. we've, uh, Jim and I have spent two weeks with our grandson, and he said to me this morning, gee, I miss Tobias. Not, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> And, you know, we had a wonderful, wonderful vacation, but a 12-year-old boy can get annoyed. <laughs> I'm just saying. Well, most definitely. Much, you know, God bless him and his mother. Um, uh, but so it's not always what we want, but it's what we're on purpose for. Um, there's a wonderful, and I can't tell you what tribe it is, in Africa that said, um, God so loved us, he created the world for us to be happy in. Mm. And I I love that that thought, you know, that affirmation. We're so loved that God made this world for us to play in, to be happy in. So happiness is a choice, and it is also an inside job. It Searching for happiness is a guarantee you won't be happy. Right. You know, what we're searching for um, that really gives us a sense of, of happiness is meaning, right? Yeah. Like it means a lot to you, uh, Denise, that you and your partner are building this cabin on the Tennessee River where you can just go and unplug because in the stillness, in the silence of our own being, we find our deep connection with life to be in nature, to be in water, to be in trees, to be in mountains reminds us of what what gives our life meaning to be with those that we love most definitely you know one of the things that i say to people that i work with that i'm either doing some spiritual counseling or coaching with is you know sometimes i have to give myself permission to choose to be happy mm-hmm. does that make sense Because sometimes the story that I have running in my mind, if I keep that story running in my mind, I'm not going to be happy at all. And so I have to pause and stop myself and go, you know, what is it that I really want? And I have to give myself permission to choose something else, which I have this big chart that I, I 
created when I was a school counselor, and I have it at church, and I bring it out occasionally, and it has the the uh, chart of emotions that came from the law of attraction and Esther and Jerry Hicks. And at the top is happy and love and appreciation and joy and all that, and at the bottom is sad and blah, blah. And I said, when I would bring a five- or six- or seven-year-old in, and I would you know, talk to them for a little while, and I'd ask them to look at the chart and tell me where they were, they could very easily say, well, you know, I'm angry today because Susie mm-hmm. made it blotty, blotty, blotty. And I would say, wow. And I would say, how would, how would you like to feel? And 99.9999% of the time, a 5 or 6 or 7 or 8-year-old even would say, oh, I want to be happy. Mm-hmm. But when I do the same thing with an adult, what they will do is like, well, maybe I could be frustrated instead of angry. And so that to me tells me what is it about us when we get out of those child years that makes us think we cannot choose happiness. Does that make sense? Well, yeah, yeah. What do you think, Jamie? Well, I do think that it's, I think we rewire our brains as we grow up, and we're conditioned Mm -hmm. by society that this is how you handle things. Um, If you're a, a true leader, um, you have to be on guard 24-7, and you're you're responsible, and it's up to you to fix this. And I think before you know it, we're so consumed in that, you know, it goes back to the thing, oh, I'm not being happy right now, I'm being in control. And that's not what I envisioned my happiness being. So it is about making the choice of which is more important, being in control, which is a very fundamental desire for most of us while we're in the body but the other thing is I think we let go of I'll be happy later when I retire I'll be happy later yeah and we all the years go by and we missed it yes yes and we're old and and our bodies don't work anymore and and all our dreams were uh, just that, just dreams um, that we left in metaphysical reality. You know, right. control, control. If I could get people to understand this, um, that control is simply an illusion. The <laughs> only thing you can ever, ever control is yourself. You can't control a situation. You can't control other people. You can't change them and you can't fix them, right? Right, most definitely. And so when we ministers get into that thing, it's up to me, it is up to us to to be aware, to be awake to what emotions we're feeling, what what is going on, how we're affecting people around us, but it is not up to us to control a situation. What do you, what do you think, Jamie? Because I just jumped well, on I your mean, word control, and you're the host. No, I'm, I'm thinking know. it but really I'm, has to do, again, we talk about it all the time about surrender. And surrendering, okay. I mean, that's one of the most, you know, you either look at that word, you know, I remember growing up in the traditional church, we would sing that song, <laughs> I surrender all. And it's such a beautiful mm-hmm. song, high vibration. It is. But yes. for some people, we thought it was about being <clears throat> passive and 
I, I, you know, I'm just giving everything, every, everything to God, and that surrender is some sort of weakness. But it takes great courage to say, I trust the universe, and I trust my desire of my heart is I want to be happy. I truly believe we were created in to bliss. Be happy. I believe that we were right. We were. We came here. You know, little babies. You know, I guess they do come out screaming because somebody smacked them. But you know, the majority, <laughs> most babies are happy. But mm-hmm. somewhere we lose sight of what would it really look like and feel like for me to be happy. And so, part of the thing is for for me is wanting you to give some somebody listening in. That's where my mind goes. Somebody's just listening okay. in. Oh, they're talking about being happy. What are they? They don't know my story. They don't know what I deal with. It's not about your story right now. It's about what do you want. So what would be two tangible steps that we could begin to take to seek and find our happiness once more? Well, for one thing, the number one, uh, uh, once you make the choice that you choose happiness, is you get out of your head, out of the thoughts, out of the stories, uh, out of the experiences, out of the rationalizations, and you get into your body. Now, what do I mean by that? How do, Carla, how do I get into my body? Well, it's breath work is a brilliant way to get into your body. Doing yoga is another brilliant way of getting into your body. So you stop the, it, we can never completely stop the chatter of the mind, but we pe- can pay attention more to what's going on in our body, to noticing, you know, uh, is there discomfort somewhere in my body? And then just breathing into that discomfort deeply and relaxing, surrendering, accepting, and be present to whatever emotion comes up. We don't have to buy into the emotion, but we have to recognize it and name it and and so if you're angry, it doesn't mean you can't still be happy. You can say, oh, this is me angry. And, ha- and what does my body feel like? Is there, can I breathe freely? Is there any room for spaciousness? You know, what's a creative way of, of dealing with my, my anger? I think I'll go for a run. So, so again, it's all it is, the answer is within us. Nobody has to give us the answer. But we get so conditioned to listening to that chattering mind that we, we immobilize ourselves trying to analyze what's going on instead of, oh, this is the feeling. This feeling will pass. So anything, any mindfulness technique that you use um, – breath work, uh, meditation, um, uh, uh, just sitting by um, outside in nature, grounding yourself with, with the earth, it's really, really important. And, of course, for us um, to have a sense of the um, connection with a power greater than us. So prayer would work for us affirmations, positive thinking, you know, and I'm not, it, I'm not saying that, okay, I'll think a positive thought and then I'll be happy, um, works, but to make a choice 
that I'd rather think about something <laughs> that makes me happy, like swimming or, you know, boating or whatever, than, than being miserable because that jerk over there wants me to do what I don't want to do. So it's a, it's a shift in the focus of our attention. It's a choice. It's the perception, the lens we look through. So exercise is very critical to feeling alive, right? Well, most definitely. You know, to me, some of them, you know, emotion is E and motion. It's like there's emotion Mm -hmm. to it. And so if I can let it flow and flow through me, it doesn't have to sit inside of me. I think that that's the piece that it took me a long time to learn even about myself. Yes. Is I can feel angry in a moment, but because I was raised in a home where emotions were not to be dealt with at all, I mm-hmm. stuffed them instead of letting them flow through me. And I had to learn that, oh, it's just like taking my temperature. And if I have a little bit of a high temperature, it doesn't mean it's going to be like that in the next month. But if yes. I, there's a belief that if I'm angry today, I'm going to be angry for the rest of my life at this person in this situation. And well, I had no. learned that that person in that situation went on and did their thing, and they could have cared less, and I was the one that was holding that anger. You know, it, 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 it comes back to that sense of connection. Do yes. we feel like we belong in life, is there a tribe right. we can go to? Um, uh, that you know, uh, Sunday I was at a, a Unity Church, and and I said, you know, you guys come here because you have a sense of belonging together. These are your peeps. Now it doesn't mean you don't get angry at them and all those kinds right. of things, but what gives your life meaning is you come to this beautiful church on Sundays. Um, you got lots of choices, but what gives your life that sense of meaning is the belonging, that that the music is fabulous, you know, all that kind of thing. And to have a sense of purpose. You know, the, the reason ministers do ministry is because of a calling, you know. Right. It's a belief that that we're serving a purpose, that we're helping and we're serving. Um, so, so to be happy, you, will, you have to have a sense of purpose, right? Yes. I mean, no, if you've got a sense of purpose, even, you know, no matter what restrictions happen to you in life, you can still be happy because there is this sense of purpose. There's also, you know, the, because we are storytelling machines, um we can we can change the story we're telling you know um uh there is um a belief that we're all suffering from um post traumatic trauma from 911 it's you know we've never really recovered from 911 because right. we keep telling the story the terror the horror the we're not safe you know keep that up. Well, what if we told another story? 
like we've got such a good one. We're all one. Just like me, you have these feelings. Just like me, you want to belong. Just like me, you want a sense of purpose. Just like me, you want to make a difference with your life. And and finally, to be happy is to have a sense of of transcendence. You know what I mean? Yes, I do know what you mean. It's like you rise above that because it's, it's, happiness is, is a vibration that's higher is than what I would So what do you think of those tips, Jamie? I like them, and I'll tell you what, I want you know, before we close this segment out, one of the things that, you know, even as ministers, as spiritual beings, you know, when when the, we're ready to learn something new, the universe always shows up. So I, <laughs> not too long ago I did this talk on detachment. You know, and the Buddhists are always talking about detaching. You know, and it sounds really cool to me. I'm like, oh, I'm going to detach, grasshopper. And <laughs> suddenly, you know, I did the talk, and what I realized was, you know, I have, I've said for years, when we mean business with spirit, spirit means business with us. And so... I went through, in my mind, the things I really, really wanted to detach from. Stories, people who I believe had hurt me. I just wanted to be done with it, enough. Mm -hmm. And so it was amazing to me, within a week, week and a half, three different individuals showed back up, either through email showed up in a restaurant and sat at my table for two and a half hours. And we didn't even have to go back and rehash. But like, you know, one of my favorite sayings was when Jesus was on the cross and he said, it is finished. And when this person Mm -hmm. left, I was no longer hurt. I was no longer angry. And I, I really get the importance. So part of the thing about true happiness is detaching from our stories and our emotions and having to be right. I'm justified at being angry. Well, you can say that to the cows come home, but the truth is it only hurts us. Like Denise was saying, these other people have moved Uh on and we're the ones who are shackled to the past. So there, I really believe that what we're talking about is also learning to detach from what was, what could have been and just bless it. What did I learn how will how will I move forward so that I don't repeat the same energy again? So detachment is a huge one for me on being happy. You know what? And before you uh, move on um, with the segment, what I want to say to anyone who's listening to this, who um, finds themselves depressed or or in a state of suffering, this isn't a metaphysically malpractice on you. It is to say sometimes there are times when we really need help to be able to make the choice to be happy. Sometimes it takes medication. Sometimes it takes therapy. Sometimes it, it, you know, it's it's not all, um, it's not as easy as I'm making it sound, but it's simple. You know, one of the things that that I challenge the congregation about is what makes you happy? What makes you happy? These are all adults. Now, my grandson could give you a list a mile and a half long, you know. Uh But the adults really struggled with it. And afterwards, I had 
several people come up to me and say, wow, that really got me thinking. So to be happy, we need to do the things that make us happy. To do the things that make us happy, we have to know what makes us happy. So I leave you all with, with, um, with these, these tools and these tips and with the, my love. Anytime you want to get in touch with me, um, I am always available to chat with you. Um, and it is my delight to be a part of spirituality today. Thanks, Jamie, and thanks, Denise. You're very so tell, welcome. Tell the people Thank how you. they can reach you. Um, my website is Life Coach Carla. You can reach me on, I respond on message on Facebook uh, very rapidly. You can call me. My phone number is 816-572-2204. And I'm serious. A laser phone call can sometimes be a transcendent moment. Know Mm -hmm. that I mean it. And this is the way I serve. 816-572-2204. Two two zero four. Bye now. Talk to you soon. Bye, Carla. She's always so great. I mean, she just. I just love. She has her. A, a real gift. Yeah, I'm glad she does the show with us a lot. So, what Me came too. up for you in that segment? Anything? Well, I tell you what I was doing here. You know, I love that we have cell phones that I can look up. I was looking up the word anger, and looked and it comes from the latin word angere which means to strangle (laughs) and that to me just kind of went wow you know it's interesting that we as human beings would choose to be angry or something else that would strangle the very life inside of us instead of choosing to be happy in the moment you know what I mean? So what came up for me during this, and I wanted to ask this, but I knew we were running out of time, so we're, we're just going to do it for with ourselves for cool. a couple of minutes, yeah. if you're willing to share it. What I mean, off the top of your head, what is something that you know triggers anger in you? Mm-hmm. What would that be that you could share? Something that triggers anger in me? Somebody right. mistreating uh, a child or an animal or somebody that I feel like does not have the wherewithal to stand up or get away from somebody, that triggers anger in me. Yeah, I always I agree with that. I always say I don't like bullies when people try right. to manipulate and bully people. And that sends me. And the other thing for me, I mean, just being honest, has a lot to do with the way I grew up is when I feel that someone's disrespecting me, um, talking down to me or telling me my father was, you know, a a military man, and when he said shut your mouth, you better shut your mouth. And so when someone tells me to be quiet when I'm Mm -hmm. I'm speaking, it sends me, and so I I always say one or two things are going to happen. I'm either going to shut down or crazy is going to come out. And so I, I just think it's really good for spiritual people to be honest and authentic and say, you know, I mean, sometimes I've been with people and we'll be, you know, sitting around having dinner and I'll say, what's, what's one of your issues? And they mm-hmm. look terrified when you ask the question. <laughs> but it's amazing when we're honest and go, issue. okay. I'm enlightened, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> Don't ask me that again. 
How dare you? <laughs> so, but that's what leads oh, to people word. not being kind. Our issues, unresolved issues and pain, will lead to us in acting out in ways that aren't kind. I thought it was very interesting last week when we were talking about you know what we wanted to do the show on, which this mm-hmm. is one of my favorite subject matters as a spiritual being because, and like I said in the beginning, it's not about, I mean, sometimes we see people, I, I have met people in, in spiritual circles for years, people that I admired, people that I put on pedestals, and sometimes I was disappointed because they did not show up very kind. And then five minutes later, they would get on the stage and they would bring the house down, roaring, standing ovation. And what right. I learned was... I truly believe this with every fiber of my being. I truly believe there are some of us that are teachers, and we teach other people, and then there are some who are livers. They live it. And then there's that rare breed who do both. And it's not that one is right and one is wrong, but I always Mm -hmm. heard the little voice in my head say, people aren't going to buy what you're selling if you're obnoxious and if you disrespect other people. So I say it takes just a few moments to be kind, and, and that's one of the things that I wanted us to get into is as a leader, I mean, you've had you have dual career. I mean, you've been in the school system, you've been counseling, minister. There has got to be times that you had to set a boundary that someone could have said, well, she wasn't very nice to me. So that's what I want to talk about is some people don't understand that we have a job to do, you know, and that, but I still yes. say it's not what we say, it's how we say it, it's not what we do, it's how we do it. So let's talk about that for a few moments. Well, I think that probably of all the things that I've ever done in my life, ministry is the hardest. And I would say that hands down because I think people have a preconceived idea in the world about what a minister is. And, of course, I think part of that is because I live in Nashville, Tennessee, and this is the buckle of the Bible Belt. And there are ministers every, you can throw a stone and hit three of them with the same stone. I mean, they're everywhere. And people have ideas that a minister is somehow or other closer to God or You know, and it depends on the religion that they're coming from, but there's still this thing. And that you're always supposed to be sweet and holy and whatever all that means. And so when a minister who is ministering to the congregation sometimes has to hold a hard line about something, Sometimes you are seen by the congregation as being rude or nasty, or I I can give a for instance of something that I have gone through, and without telling too much of it and breaking confidentiality, but I had a situation a year and a half ago here at this congregation of a person who was mentally challenged, horrifically mentally challenged, and expecting a lot from our chaplains and from this church to the point to where it was like we were supposed to rescue her from everything that was going on. Right. 
And it got to be extremely draining, and I could feel it, and my chaplains could feel it, and some of our leadership could feel it. And I've done a lot of work with Martha Creek. And I had a personal session with her on the phone, and she said, Denise, don't let people hold you and your spiritual community hostage. And she said, because that's not kind to your spiritual community. And so I say that to say that I think sometimes we as ministers, in the, in the need to try to be kind to an individual, help to ransack the rest of everybody. Does that make sense at all on any oh, level yeah. of what I'm saying? It's like, you know, I had, to, I had to be the person who held the line and say, no more can you do this. No more can you call people at 2 o'clock in the morning and expect them to come to your house, you know, to pick up trash off the floor. Or no more can you, you know, post on Facebook that we are nasty, horrible people and because we won't come cut your grass. Or no more can you say all these kinds of things or do all these kinds of things because it is hurtful and harmful to this flock that I'm leading. And what I will tell you is in the process of all that, I had some people that thought that I was unkind to that individual. Sure. But it was like I was attempting to be kind to a group of people who were hurting and suffering. Does that make sense? So there was this fine line of how to deal with all of that. Have you ever had a situation where you've had somebody in your congregation that was causing havoc with everybody else? I had to, a few years ago, I had to terminate an employee who I um, could have done it sooner, but, you know, I'm always trying to be so nice. And they crossed the line and they did something um, that was just, it was it was a straw that broke the camel's back. And so when I did, you know, I learned a long time ago, you bring you have witnesses when you do what you have to do. Um, terminated the individual, and of course, people only know, and this is what I want the listeners to hear, you only know what you think you know. You don't know the whole story. And so what they saw was this, you know, um, tear-filled gentleman talking about how he was so mistreated by that horrible minister. Um, And so, you know, I'm such a shy individual. You know I got up the the following (laughs) Sunday, and I said... (laughs) Here's what I want you to know. I said, some of you think I'm a horrible person. I didn't name the person, didn't name the, I couldn't even tell the story for legal reasons. But I said, right. what I want you to know is if you knew the rest of the story, as Paul Harvey used to say, you would stand <laughs> up and applaud. So right. somewhere you have to trust my leadership, but mm-hmm. you don't know the rest of the story. And that's when we use that faculty of the 12 powers of wisdom. There, I bet there's something I don't know. I bet there's more to the story, and that would solve a lot of us from getting involved in things. You know, one of the things, too, I kept thinking that Carla was, when she was talking about being happy, and I kept hearing Ellen Davenport, one of our, you know, unity ministers, and she always talked about people minding their own business. That's Uh one of the sheer keys to being, first and foremost, getting into the happy zone, (laughs) is minding our own business. You got enough luggage in your closet and on your front step, get off of mine. You know what I mean? So I really think that, yeah, there has been times that publicly, when a decision had to be made, that we were crucified, lack of a better term, 
And, you know, rarely do they come back later and say, oh, I apologize for not believing in you. But you always have to realize, I have a job to do. And I say that all the time. I have a church to run. And you can't let the ship go down because of a couple of rats on board. I mean, some people come in with an agenda. And I know you've seen this. People, you know, all like you say, there's churches on every corner. Why was the individual drawn to this one? Mm-hmm. And I always say, you know, we're right next door to a big Methodist church. And I said, if some of you went over next door and behaved the way that you've tried to behave in here, they'd kick you out the first Sunday. But right. we're so nice. So what I want <laughs> them to get is you may do that at your job. You may do that in your household. You may manipulate people and speak to people with disrespect, but you will not do it here. And then when they, right. then they can't say they didn't know. You know, and that's mm-hmm. one thing I know about you. You're very, you can be very direct, and I've always loved that about you. You know, and Carla could too. I've seen Carla do it, and I mean, my breath, I just stopped breathing. And I just go, I love that. And was ne- I've never seen you be nasty or mean, but I have seen you be very cut and dry. And same thing with Judy mm-hmm. Blackwelder. I have yes. seen Judy doesn't blink. She just said, no. and I don't believe there's a mean spirit in her, but she will say, we're not no. going to do that. Right. That's leadership. And, you know, I think that that is the line, because I'm glad we're talking about being kind, because I think that being kind is not about always being sweet. You know what I mean? There's a difference. It's like being kind, you have to look at the bigger picture, You know, is it kind for me to let my children just do whatever they want to do, or is it kinder to guide them through life, you know, as they're growing up? You know, is it kind to let an individual wreck a whole church or a whole business? You know, it may be unkind of, some people may see it as being unkind to ask somebody to not come back anymore, but is it being unkind or is it being kind to the group the bigger group and sometimes it's i see it as tough love it's like this person needs to understand that everything that we all do has an effect on everybody else right and so you know when when you opened up the can of worms of saying let's talk about kindness you know i i think that there are different sides of that coin kindness to me means i have concern for others but you know sometimes my concern for one makes me not be concerned for the others and so that's kind of why i brought that up you know i, I don't well, know well i always say even hurt. yeah but even in the temple jesus got mad and turned those tables over yes he did you know what i mean he had he had had enough and that's my, one of my key phrases i tell people when you hear me say I've had enough now. Mm-hmm. Or I say, now you've made me mad, which I get the principle, nobody makes us mad. But that's the code word, help us Jesus. But right. when oh, I've yeah. had enough, I, and, and I mean having those boundaries within yourself, to say, I will sit with you, I will pray with you, I will encourage you and be your biggest cheerleader, but you do not get to disrespect me, my staff, you know, we have a, a pretty large wedding ministry here, and we made it really clear in the last few years we, in our contracts with these, I mean, some of the most challenging things is usually the mother of the bride. 
And I mean, <laughs> disrespect to our facility and to our staff. And I, I put a clause, and we pre-highlighted it where they have to initial. It says we we reserve the right to cancel your wedding up to the day of the event, due to disrespect to our facility and our staff. Right. You know, and so yeah. people go, "Wow, you guys don't play around." Well, no, we can't. You know, the church, we're not going to prostitute ourselves for money and be disrespected. So somewhere right. we have to go. You be, we'll be good to you. We want you to have the best mm-hmm. experience you can have here. You know, right. but it, it has to be an equal exchange of energy. Kindness is contagious, but also yes. being, you know, direct and upfront. I mean, I the people I really respect the most are the ones I don't have to guess who they are and what they're saying. Right, right, you know? most definitely. You know, I believe that I attract the things that I'm willing to become, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And so if I am willing to become kind, you know, I have to look at what that really means for me. Um, I did a little experiment with some kids in Pennington Elementary School when I was there, and I had all these bracelets um, that I got from a company in town, and the bracelet said, it's cool, and then the number two and the letter B, to B, and then the word kind. And teachers caught them being kind to somebody. And when you were caught being kind in the school, you got a bracelet. Kind could be I picked up trash off the floor. Kind could be somebody dropped something and I picked it up. Kind could be opening a door for somebody. Kind could be helping somebody that was having a hard time through the lunch line. Kind could be playing with somebody on the playground that doesn't usually be it doesn't usually have somebody to play with. You know, and all of those are at one kind of a level. And I think most of the time people in unity get that we just forget it sometimes i think kindness is one of those things i have to keep breathing into every day and it first has to start with me because if i've not become kind to myself i'm going to be if i've not taken time every morning to be in the stillness and to do my meditation and my morning whatever i do then sometimes my mind is so monkey mind and crazy that I don't pay attention to the person that needs to have a door opened for them. I don't pay attention to those acts of kindness that are so very simple. You know, I, I saw this morning I was at the Keaton Theater in Nashville because I'm on their executive board, and it it is housed in the 50 Forward Center, which is, a uh, senior citizen place. And I saw this man rush by this woman that was on a walker, open a door and let it close behind him, and he just went on. And, of course, here I am trying to not be judgmental, going, well, you asshole, what's your problem? (laughs) You're not being nice, and I'm going to be talking about being kind on the radio today. But, you know, sometimes what I could probably think of is he was probably in a hurry. He probably thought he was going in there and going to the gym and he was going to exercise and then take a shower and get ready and go to work. And he wasn't even seeing that woman that was there trying to get in the door. And I say that to say I think sometimes true kindness begins to come when I slow down enough 
to see what's around me and where I can be kind. Does that make sense? Right. I mean, I'm just thinking even about how many times you let someone out in traffic. And it just gets me every time. You let them out. You wave them out. They don't Mm -hmm. even acknowledge. They just pull out. And my friend used to say to me, well, did you do it? Did you do it to be acknowledged, James, or did you do it because you're genuinely a kind person? And I was like, oh, shut up. Who's talking to you? But you know what I mean? I try to be so mindful yes. that if I let someone out or someone lets me out in traffic, that I make the, right. the gesture and say, mouth it, thank you so much, and then to pay right. it forward you know, down the street somewhere. But a lot of us are so busy and consumed with our own lives, you know, we don't mm-hmm. think about it. And so that's part of the thing, I guess. The whole thing about talking about spirituality and being kind is going back again to what the Buddhists teach about mindfulness, detachment, Mm -hmm. and just going, you know what, it takes two seconds. If I'm in the grocery store and I go past someone looking on the shelf with my cart, I don't even, I mean, I do it on autopilot, I say, excuse me, out loud. Do you know how many people do that and won't even move out of the way? And so I go, let me always be mindful to say, excuse me. You know, or say, oh, am I in your way? Let me move over a little bit. And some people don't even acknowledge that you said that. And so I go, it's not that we're doing it for attention. I really believe it is part of who we are. But the world would be a much happier place, I think, if we were so mindful just to be kind and to smile. If you're at a traffic light, look over at the other person. You know, sometimes you smile and they turn their head really quickly, like they're going to jump on their windshield. I don't know what they think. But you just, you know what I mean? Give them girls out cookies. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what I mean? Is that, is that we try to be, let me just be, let me just take two seconds and smile at somebody. Right. You know, one of the things that I had a friend of mine teach me a long time ago is like if I'm in a restaurant and the waiter or waitress comes over, you know, see if they've got a name tag, call them by their name. Because that is just a small, tiny gesture. I try to do that in the grocery store or other places where I'm checking out. You know, call them by their name, and it's like all of a sudden they brighten up. It's like they've just been an object to people. And that's such a simple way to be kind in the world, to be called by your name. But, you know, it's like, oh, well, they're just checking me out. You know, it's like, wow. You know, because I know when I've been in situations before and in places that I really didn't know a lot of people and someone calls me by name, it feels really good. It's like, oh, yay, there's somebody in here who cares one way or the other. And that's just one little way of being out in the world and putting your attention on the other. You know, I think about the golden rule of compassion, doing to others as you would have them do unto you. What would I want if I was that old woman this morning in a walker trying to get through a door? Well, I would have wanted someone probably to help me open that door and get through, you know. So it's it's thinking about how to put yourself in another's shoes. What would it feel like to be there? Um, respecting other people and their situations in the world. You know, I... I see that a lot in some of the things that are going on in our world today and keep holding peace and love and joy around some of the stuff because I'm not sure that some of the decisions that are being made right now are kind. 
you know. It's like, how do we be kind to other people? And is that the energy from whence we're coming? Because when it's not, I think people know that. You know, I really appreciated the compliment you gave me a minute ago because I know sometimes I feel like I'm an Aries and sometimes I feel like I cut right through the bullshit and go, okay, here's the deal. You know, I have the ability to do that. And I'd never want people to think I'm being unkind, but you know how you'll be in a group of people and all of a sudden you just want to go, whoo, Lord, let's stop this. <laughs> you know, let's stop telling all these stories, let's stop doing all this, romp, let's stop this right now and move to what the truth really is. And I also think that that's a kind thing because situations can get out of control very quickly with people just going down the 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 train of whatever the chaos could be that they're talking about. And I don't know, uh, not for us to get off in politics because I don't really have any desire to, but I don't know if you find that in your church community right now, but I do mine, and every once in a while I have to say, whoa, you know, we're not going to get in the middle of that. You know, we're not going to do that. The kind thing for me to do in that moment is to bring us back to what we're talking about and focusing on we're probably going to get more of, so let's not talk about that. Does that ever well, happen Well, I think, too, is, yeah, is it, I mean, sometimes we, you know, I was just sitting here thinking to myself as you were talking, is like, do we, are we consciously aware that what we're teaching our, our congregation, um, do we remind them, you know, Somebody said one time, and in, in, oh well, just recently, someone said they had a suggestion that we put a board member over in the corner of the room after service, so that people could go over to them and complain. And I, I stopped in the middle of me. I said, "Excuse me," and I said, "That's not what we do here." I said, "If you open a complaint department, guess what you're going to get?" And I complaint. said, now, "If you want to talk about setting up a, a table back there where people come and tell what they're thankful for about this ministry." I'm all for that. But when you mm-hmm. set up a suggestion box, most people will play small and say, I mean, we used to have people, we had the suggestion box, the I wish cards, and people would say things like, oh, I didn't like the music this morning. That piano player could brush up on her skills. And I said <laughs> to the people, that is not what we're about. I mean, you you mm-hmm. may do that at your job, but we don't right. play at that level here be a person right. of honor and integrity. And that just infuriates some people because they want to be able to, sometimes they just want a place they can play small. Do you know what well, I mean? Sure. Sure. I and was they looking want the other somebody night on, else to take care of it. Yeah. Right. I looked the other night on, um, oh, it was on YouTube. And I don't know if you saw the Billboard Awards recently, but Celine Dion sang the Titanic yes. theme. Yes. And, I mean, I, I watched it. My mouth fell open. Because mm-hmm. it was just phenomenal. So I pulled it up right. last night, and I watched it again, and I just happened to look under it. All the people who put the thumbs down and said nasty things, and it just went all through me. And I, I just heard the voice say, that's who they are. They mm-hmm. probably can't carry a tune in a bucket. But for if that's who they are, they go through life stomping on other people, belittling other people. And I think how sad that you could. It took just a second to say, you know what? I can't. I can't sing like that. Isn't she? You don't have to buy her album. So I go about the being kind and being a cheerleader. 
for other people, even if right. it's not your thing. So that's what I guess. Are we consciously teaching our congregants this? And when we see the behavior, you know, just recently there was a big water moccasin in front of my house in the street, and he had his head raised up. And he was five mm-hmm. feet long, and I mean, I'm not a snake person. He had his head raised up, and I thought, isn't that interesting? And so I think when we see people in our experience raise that head up, which is uh, an attack of some sort ready to happen, how do we diffuse it? Do we use principle? You know, one of my former ministers here at this church, she used to say it's about, it's about principle, not personality. And so yes. we can always go back to, that's why I try to say, that's not what we do here. Right. And I remind him, right. you can do that at your job and with your friends and family, but that doesn't fly in this sacred space. Right, right. Get mad and, if you, you know, want we to. Say that we say the same thing here, principles before personality, because mm-hmm. I can go off on anybody's personality, but... It's right. not the it's not the principle of what we teach, and I'm glad you you know spoke that out because you know sometimes I think that in a desire on some level to connect with people, sometimes I see ministers get off of unity principles and go down other tangents, and I'm like, is that really what we teach? Are we going to focus on all of this negativity for so very long because what we're going to get is more of that, just like you said. You know, we had for a while, and I let it go for a while just because sometimes the evil little Denise in me lets leaders create something just to watch it make a mess and then go, well, how's that working for you? I know that's ugly, but that's kind of what I do because sometimes it's easier for them to experience that that's not going to work. And they had a suggestion box. And then they didn't know how to deal with the fact that every suggestion was something somebody wanted them to change, but nobody put their name on it. You know what I mean? Right. It's just, we don't like, you know, the meditation, or we don't like the music, or we don't like the this or that or something else. Or, you know, there were people that liked hugs, and there were people that didn't like hugs. And I finally said, so how is this working for you? And I said the same thing. What if we had a box, you know, or a place where people could tell us the things they really like about the service? And they were like, well, we never thought about that. I said, well, that's kind of what we teach. You know, we say thoughts in mind reproduce after their kind. We say what we focus on gets bigger. Do we want to put our focus on the negative the the whatever it is that people don't like, because I don't think that that's kind either. I think that that gets us going down, you know, the bad rabbit hole into oblivion. It's like that's not going to get us anywhere. But when we – there's a process called appreciative inquiry. You've probably heard of that before, where you go in and, you know, you get people talking about – you know, what is a service that you've been to that was so inspirational and so over the top, and what was that about? And, you know, what is a time that there was a special, you know, some sort of a gathering at church that really lit your fire, and what was it about? And all of those kind of questions generate more of that goodness. And I think what people don't understand is if I focus on that, 
then I can take the ideas that came from that and implement them throughout the whole, and everything just keeps getting better. And that, to me, is kindness. It's not necessarily kind to sit and shine the flashlight into something that is not going to be productive for us to sit and talk about. And, you know, heaven knows I have done that with boards before and leadership teams before until I was blue in the face of like, Lord, mercy, how much longer are we going to have to talk about this? You know, the toilet paper is wrong in the bathroom. Well, okay, and the next month the toilet paper is still wrong in the bathroom. It's like, okay, will somebody just go buy some freaking toilet paper that's right and put it in there and quit talking about the toilet paper is wrong in the bathroom, you know? Does that make any sense to you? <laughs> it does make sense, and that's what li- just listening to it, it points out that's what you're attached to. I remember years ago, I don't, I don't know if you remember this, we may have talked about it on one of the other shows, but there was a movement going on where we changed the words to the peace song in the Unity yes. churches. And yes. we, some churches were singing a different version, and finally, you know, we, we went with a new version because we were trying to be progressive and blah, blah, right. blah. And we we got a letter from Unity Worldwide saying that the lady who wrote the song, her daughter, sent a cease and desist letter and said, you do not have yes. the right to change the words to my mother's song. Please stop. Right. So I, right. I announced it. And, you know, I said, this morning we'll go back to singing the original. And we do understand, mm-hmm. you know, what we're affirming, that there is peace on earth, not just, you know, because we didn't want to say let there be because that would never come. But... You know, we were saying, so anyway, some lady yells out, I'll never forget it, we were in the circle, and she yells out, thank God. And I didn't even realize that I responded, and I had my Janet Jackson headset on, and I said, really? Uh, People are being murdered in the streets and no food or home, and that's what you're attached to? And dead silence. And, of course, you know, I thought, oh, my God, did that just come out of me? And we went on and sang the song. And the lady left the church. But, you know, I thought later when I I thought about it, I meant every word of that. I meant every word. That's what you attach your crap to is you're upset because we changed the words to the peace song. But there's a Mm -hmm. man out on the street that doesn't have a place to sleep, but you go right past it. So I go, it's about looking at ourselves and go, I wonder why that pushes my button. And 30 other people go, who cares? Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Well, and So it always is about inner work. Yeah, I believe that that's what I attempt every day, every Sunday, every time I talk to people. It's like you've got to do your inner work. You know, whatever is rubbing you the wrong way, it's not about that person. It's about you. You need to do your work. Now, you know, sometimes for me that means I have to pull away for a while until I can see it from a different perspective. You know, it, it means many different things to many different people, but I have to do my inner work and get to that place of peace and calm, and that is where I was talking at the beginning where I have to be willing to become kind, and that starts with myself. And being right. kind to myself is constantly doing that inner work that I have to do every day. You know, when somebody flips me off in the car and I want to, you know, I tell Judy every once in a while, I wished I had one of those big monster trucks and I could just roll on top of them. <laughs> <laughs> you 
get out of my way. You're just being rude. You know, and then I think, whoo, did that really come out of me, little Prissy Denise? Surely not. But, you know, it's like we all have that within us. And if I don't do my inner work, I can only imagine what I could be like. I am sure I wouldn't be kind at all, you know. And so I attempt to teach my spiritual community, if I am mad at Jamie, it's not about Jamie, it's about Denise. And I have to do that work with Denise before I can ever go talk to Jamie, you know? Right, and because that's the other key point. Because if I go talk to Jamie from the simple place of, Jamie, you've done me wrong, I mean, that's not going to get us anywhere. Right. But, you know, people, my my friend used to say, people can't read your mind, you know. Right. And she would say, if if I ask you, and I stand by this, if I say, is there something wrong? Right. Nope. And then I ask you again, nope, I'm done. I gave you the mm-hmm. opportunity to take your trash out. And if you right. can't speak your truth to me, adult to adult. Right. I mean, just recently, one of my, my classmates, you know, when I didn't go to um, the field licensing event, I was sick and I couldn't go, and right. I heard that she was upset, and I wrote her. I'm like, you know, what's going on? I heard you were upset. I'd rather hear it from you. I got nothing. She didn't respond. Mm-hmm. And so I was mm-hmm. like, I, I bless you and I release you if you can't communicate with me because, again, we only know what we think we know, and there's more right. to a story. Because sometimes, I don't know if you've ever noticed this, sometimes you end up having a conversation with a person. There's been an issue. It could be mm-hmm. years, it could be months, whatever. And you go, right. oh, my God, that's not what happened. Right. And so all this yes. time went by, no one spoke to the other, and it was a mm-hmm. miscommunication. And that's right. one of the biggest unkindnesses there is, is a mm-hmm. miscommunication, a lack of communication. I mean, mm-hmm. if you can't tell someone what you're feeling and thinking, which I get, not everybody, you know, my friend used to say, you're you're so used to speaking, we we can't stand a chance. Right. You know, people who are speakers and they're used to having to be on, we just go, huh? And you're going, right. tell me what's going on with you. I'm listening, and uh, you know, they're drooling, and so you just go, I'm here when you're ready to talk. Right. You know? Right. And I totally agree with that. And I would say. Um, if you've ever had people, because I know this has happened to me, where people have gotten upset and left or run off or whatever, and I have reached out to them and just said, you know, I I know that you're angry. I don't know the whole story. Whenever you're ready to talk to me, I'm here. I still love you, blotty, blotty. And they either send me something nasty back or they don't send me anything. You know, one of the things that I have worked with within myself, and it actually there's a scripture in Matthew that talks about if anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet. Right. And so that's part of of what I do, it's not that I would not be open to those people and have a kind conversation with them if I saw them or if they wanted to be honest and reach back out, but 
I also know psychologically some people play these little games of I'm going to run away and I'm going to see how many times Denise will reach out. And every time she reaches out, I'm going to slap her hand. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because that's my And I just don't want to play that anymore. I just and don't I'm want to play it. And I'm not going to. I'm here. Right. So that's why I said I, I do the thing of, okay, I've done all I know to do, and I'm being kind to myself in this moment by not engaging, you know. And that's kindness also because I realize that that person is probably not going to be honest with me. And until they can be, you know, I have a few people that have run away, and and if I see them, they won't even make eye contact. They'll, like, hunker down and jump into a pile of shoes (laughs) in a store to get away from me. And I'm like, Lord, mercy, I must be something. You know, it's like if that is really the case, then, you know, I'm I'm not going to bother you because obviously there is something big, but it's not really about me. I don't know what it's about. So. And probably they don't know what it is either. Right. Sometimes people just don't like our – I always make the joke, and I say they're blinded by my beauty is what I say. But (laughs) I truly believe a lot of times people resent – and and this is not – I'm trying to think how to phrase it. I do think there are people who resent the attention we get. You know, I dated someone one time that said, everywhere we go, you're the center of attention. And I said, don't do not do that to me because you blend into the furniture and go stand in a corner. You know, right, don't make me right. wrong. You know, but, I mean, I think sometimes there are people who also want to do what we do and want to be what we represent and they don't know how to go about mm-hmm. it. That's why we say to people, and they want to tell you how to do your job. You go to school because, mm-hmm. you know, folks listening, trust me, Denise and I, we jumped through a lot of hoops to get through school <laughs> and to do the things that we did. To, to get this far, and so that's why I say, you know, if you have pulpit envy, go to school, you know, right. and, and become a licensed teacher and get up and teach a class, but, you know, it really has to do with, um, you know, I remember my first unity minister, she was, she was um, very intimidated by anyone that was um, a better speaker or had uh, a personality that dealt better with a crowd than she did, and she always took it personally. And it was like, the people love you. You're incredible around a table. Don't make it about that they can't love somebody else. Right. You know. I mean, I right. get. I mean, we've been surrounded by wonderful teachers through the years, and you're not supposed to be the Barbara Kings and the you know the Deepak right. Chopras. Or we're supposed to be who we are. But sometimes yes. people just don't like us. And I, I truly believe most of the time it has nothing to do with us. It's who they are. Well, I think so because, you know, one of the things that is different about unity and new thought, and I say this a lot of times to people, is that we are uh, – it's a different experience than going to church in a, in a regular church. And we are not necessarily telling you what to think, but we are telling you, showing you how to think and challenging the thoughts that you might have that have been sitting in you for who knows, 20, 30, 40 years. And many, many times I can see on Sunday morning, and sometimes I'm not even sure what it is that I've said, but I can tell 
by that expression, that constipated expression on somebody's face, <laughs> that I have pushed a button. You know what I mean? And right. it's like I had no intention of pushing that person's button, but I did. And then sometimes that person feels like what I said was unkind. And I think that it's understanding that what we're doing in unity is working with universal truths. And sometimes those universal truths don't necessarily jive with old belief systems that we have in our consciousness at the time. Does that make sense? It does, because I think, you know, people don't understand that I always use the the analogy of I threw the ball, you caught the yeah. pitch. The right. people around you didn't react the way you did. It, it's your right. stuff. You heard something that in your soul said it's time to look at this. And you can get mad right. at the at the you know the ball thrower, the pitcher, but you <laughs> caught it. Nobody else. Right. Nobody else wanted to storm out of the room or, you know, we had somebody show up the other day and. Um, she came up and she she's just one of those very strong personalities and so immediately she started telling me that she was from another uh unity church in the area and she started to talk about the minister and i just right. i just raised my hand and i said oh that's a friend of mine right because what i know my gut said when she goes back to that church she's going to say something about me can right. you believe he yeah. wore jeans? They were tight jeans. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. He he's not very um, he's not very reverent. I mean that's <laughs> I mean we all have these stories that are told yeah. about us. Do you know what I mean? Right. And that's why that's why I get a kick out of on Sunday morning when I see what your congregation is posting. I usually respond with I love the clothes you wear. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know and I'll say look at you rocking and because I right. I don't want us to be put in. T- pigeonholed into, you know, that's not what ministers are supposed to say. That's not what right. ministers are supposed to do. And and people mm-hmm. will say to me, and I'm not, I mean, I've not been to um, any of the Unity churches in the, in the Nashville area. When mm-hmm. I go, I go to your church, and I tell people the reason I go is because it is authentic, it is real, and it is joyful. I don't remember yeah. ever going and not leaving, going, I'm so glad I came. You know what I mean? Right. I'm so glad that I, because, and I've been, I guess, speak a lot in churches all over the place. And some of them, it, the the ministry takes on the life of the minister and the leadership. Some of them are sad, so are they not? <laughs> aren't they? I mean, they're like undertakers at a funeral home. And then that's because yes. you go, this is this is supposed to be joyful. And that's what I mean about being kind. You know, I had a lady tell me the other day, and after church, I was I was so clammy and sweaty, and I go behind the information table at the back of the room, and people come by, and you know, they want to take selfies, and they want to whatever. You know, right. well, so-and-so knows you. Let me show them I was at your church. And um, so somebody said to me, you should come out from behind the table. Well, that just went all <laughs> through Don't you me. love when somebody tells you what you should do? Uh And I said, no, I shouldn't. And I said, first of all, the idea of people hugging on me when I'm sweaty makes me uncomfortable. So I was being mindful. Um, But, I mean, that someone says, you should. You know, and I think to myself, you'd have no clue what it takes. I mean, how many services have you done 
through the years, Denise, that truthfully you probably had no business being up there because you were you were not well, right. and you still had to do what yeah. you had to do, or you've had a, yeah. a, a a challenge in your own life and you're hurting, and you still right. had to get up there. And that's why I go. People have no idea what it takes. So that's why I say, you want to talk about kindness today, folks? is be kind to your minister. I mean, Denise and I will be one of the first ones to tell you, we've met ministers who are not very kind. Right. We have, and not just in new thought. I grew up in, in the Baptist church. I went to the Pentecostal church. And so what I'm saying, and what it really comes down to, is asking yourself, you know, it's so quick to judge. Because I remember, I think I shared this one, that I was laying in bed trying to go to sleep, and I was upset about one of my teachers who I adored, had been very short with me. It hurt my feelings. And I'm laying there, and I remember praying, and I said, you know, God, I don't, under- I don't understand why she has to be so hateful. And, you know, I heard the, the voice, I felt the voice say she wasn't always like that. And it took my breath wow. away, and I was like, what? And when I got, she, she, she got turned into that because how many times she was beat down and hurt and belittled and told you're not enough as the minister. And so you end up learning to Mm -hmm. protect yourself and you don't take any stuff. And so that's what I want people to understand is it's not an easy thing to get up and do what we do on Sunday mornings. Um, And you're like me. I've, I've watched you. You're not a note person. It's a stream no. of consciousness. You've got a couple of points you make like I do, and then you walk away. Mm-hmm. And that's a stream of consciousness. And so be, be grateful. Be kind. Just take two seconds. Go to the music director and say, you know what, I don't know if I've told you lately, but you really do what you do well, and it feeds my soul. That's kindness. Beholding the Christ yes. in other people. Um, and just saying, I, I see you. I mean, that's what we were talking about earlier, about like you calling a waitress or a store clerk by their name. We all just want to know that somebody saw us. And right. It matter. Most definitely. Most definitely. You know, it's it's an amazing life that we live. And I remember... <laughs> When I was still in the field licensing program, and I don't know if you were in the room at the time, but I remember James Trapp said to us, those of you that are on the on the path to ministry, and of course you and I were already ministering a church. We were just getting getting our ordination. But it was like if there's anything else that you can possibly do that you would love to do, go do it now. And I thought at the moment, that's an odd thing for him to say. <laughs> and then I really realized after a few years after that, that what he was saying is you really have to have the conviction and the desire to want to minister to people and know that there are going to be moments that are miraculous and life-changing for you and those individuals, and there are going to be moments when you just think, Lord, mercy, I don't know if I can do this one more minute. And it's going to be everything in between. But, you know, what comes up for me about all that is I don't know that I would want to live life any other way. I don't know that I would want to end up my life someday just saying, well, you know, I visited this thing called Earth and here I've done my thing. I mean, 
I feel like I live my life out loud. And I think that my happiness exudes, and I think sometimes when I'm sad, people know it, and I think sometimes, I know sometimes when I'm angry and upset about things, my leadership knows that I'm angry and upset, you know, and it's not that it stays there forever, but I think I have to be uh, in integrity, and people have to know that, you know, because I think my leadership at this point in time knows that I love them and I adore them, and the only time that Denise ever really gets angry is what I was telling you at the very beginning of all this. If I know that there has been somebody that has been hurt deeply that was not able to deal with the situation, I want us to rectify it. Whatever whatever we need to do as a leadership, as a church, we need to rectify it. You know, and so... That that is kind of what I get discombobulated about, you know, in in my spiritual community. But in that, I teach constantly about us being kind to each other, finding kind ways to speak up. You know, one of the things I have established in our board meetings is at the end of a board meeting, we have some questions we ask each other, and one of those questions is, and everybody doesn't have to answer, was there ever a time during this meeting that you felt uncomfortable? And did you say anything or did you hold it inside yourself? And if you want to share it with everybody, can you do that? Or can you go home and do your own process? Because we can't, I can't be kind to, you know, Susie May if I go home and I'm so aggravated because she said, you know, the roses were blue and I said, no, the roses are red. And so I've held that inside myself and I felt uncomfortable. You know, I think, I think we've opened up a Pandora's box with this kindness thing. And I think it's more than just being sweet to people. You know what I mean? I do. You know, I just, I, I haven't really done a show in a while, but, you know, one of the things I did, I, th- I think toward the end of January, was I went on a 14 day tour of the Holy Land. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, I did not, I won the trip. It was all expense paid. I knew that it, I said when I, in my prayers, if, if you want me to go, let it happen. If I don't go, I'm not, I'm not crushed. I won the trip. It was 40 ministers who went on this tour. Mm-hmm. And um, when the first night when we arrived, we had to introduce ourselves, go around the room and tell you know who we were and what denomination. And the moment that I said I was with Unity, a couple of people gasped, dead silence. Lord. And out of 40 ministers for 14 days, maybe four spoke to me. I was never allowed to read a scripture and I was never allowed to pray. And mm-hmm. I'm, I mean, and what I got was, I'm, I, my whole life I knew I was different, and I'm mm-hmm. used to being the odd man out because of my new thought beliefs, and I'm okay. Mm-hmm. But you're in a you're in a foreign country. I had never felt more alone and right. scared. Not that I was going to be harmed, but that I didn't matter. That's, and that's right. and that's part of that thing about so these other 
and I'm not being judgmental here, so I just want the listeners to hear me, that yes. these other ministers who we talk a lot, this is how I want to end this today, is us to think about it. We talk a lot about, and we say it so easily, what would Jesus do? And right. I always say, I bet he'd be kind. And mm-hmm. so look at your own prejudice about other people's beliefs because they're different, people's lifestyles that are different than yours. Really, you know, we, t- we talked about doing our inner work. What do, why does that upset you? Why does that, and, and to think that your opinions and your judgments hold you back from engaging in love and oneness and acceptance of other people because what we give to the world is what will be served to us. So I kept saying, where have I done this? Where have I shunned? You know, where have I shunned someone else because of their belief system? I I don't think that I do it. I try not to. But I also think it was to make me stronger and to ground me. This is what I believe, and it doesn't matter if anyone else believes it or not. This is the path that I'm called on. So if you're listening today and this conversation that Denise and I have had, the conversation with Reverend Carla about, you know, being happy, it's always a choice to be kind, to not be kind, to punish the world, to choose to be happy or to choose to stay stuck and miserable. It's always up to us. So I just want to say before we close, Denise, is there anything you have coming up that you want to share with us before we close out the show today? Um, not that I know of right now off the top of my head because July is kind of a, a vacation kind of a month but, month, but I would say to remind everybody that that genuine compassion and kindness includes, as you said, everyone without exception. And so uh, as we close, I hope everybody understands that we're remembering oneness today. Everybody is included. Absolutely. So we're going to close the show with one of my favorite songs that we close with often. Dr. Judy Blackwelder wrote it called Blinded by the Spirit. It is the, the music of the church there at Unity of Music City, but also my friend Reverend Beth Beloit is on the lead. So remember, be good to yourself, be good to others, and keep spreading the light. I'm Jamie Sanders. And I'm Denise Shergan. And this Until is... Until next time, Spirituality yes. Today. Goodbye. Bye.